oh, I like saying amen. So when I say amen, I want, I want you to help me with it. Amen. So this month is our month of anakazo. And the word anakazo, which is a Greek word, means to compel. To compel. On Wednesday, the Reverend preached to us about the compelling power of anakazo. I think that was the title. Yes, he preached to us about the compelling power of anakazo. And the word anakazo means to force, to compel, to drive, to edge, to push, to constrain, to necessitate. It's a lot of grammar. Amen. <laughs> but I tell you that, you know, we read our anchor scripture, but I tell you that it is not only in the faith that, you know, some of the things that Jesus taught us and is still teaching us, the world has actually bought into it and has even made it more, they've added, they've added like more ingredients to it and even made it tighter and you, you cannot afford to miss it. And one of the places that you see that compelling power in our world today is advertisement. I tell you, you cannot miss it. Now, advertisement is done everywhere. True or false? Initially, it was through the news, uh, the, the dailies, you know. Like you buy, you know, maybe nowadays people we don't even buy the dailies anymore. You know, so you buy the dailies and on the page you see that will maybe a company is advertising there. But now they don't even use that, that much. And of course, some of them use billboards every now and then. But now the main place is on the television and on social media. And the kind of investments and research that have gone into advertisements, you'll be surprised. Recently, I was reading a book and some of the things that some of these companies do just to get people to buy their products, you have no idea. That's why we needed the GDPR. Because the companies, they have so much data on each and every one of us. So well that they are able to predict that based on the stage of life of a particular person, this and this and this is what the person needs. Yeah. And one place that they do it so well is social media. And you see that it's on social media. I'll read it. Oh, Pastor, can't you read the scripture? Let's move on. I'll talk about the scripture, but I want to say this. Because it's the same. You know, sometimes you just don't criticize something, but there's something that you can pick from it and use it as well. Amen. On social media, one of the things that the tech guys, you know, we have some tech guys in this church, they've been doing is that they are not just into IT, but they've also learned a little bit of psychology. So they combine the two. And you know, they, they, there is a level of addiction to, that's why all of us get hooked to social media. It's like a dopamine in the thing. So what they do is that what you like, they give you. Because actually, Facebook and YouTube and all those, all they are selling is they just want your time to be able to sell something to you. So if you are not coming, they can't sell. So how do they get you to come? They come in to come by suggesting the things that you like. So you, if you realize, you go on a page, you are watching a two-minute video on Let's Do Flowers. Suddenly, the next video to you is on flowers. The next video to you is on flowers. The, and it comes, and you see, because you watched the first one, it was very nice, then you're watching the second one, you're watching the third one, then there's adverts running through. Have you seen it? Especially if you made up yourself that you are not going to subscribe to pay monthly. The adverts will come. <laughs> yeah, some of us are saying, we will not pay. And they say, okay, if you don't pay, you, you also torment your life. Oh, am I talking to somebody? I'm, I'm coming to evangelism, but I'm just, I just want to make a point. So, recently, a, a book I read, was they, they, they studied a company in America. And what the company was doing, that they were giving these uh, loyalty cards. You know what they, you call loyalty cards? They say, oh, when, when, I, when, I, when I buy and I get 100 points, then I get what? 
10% discount or something. Isn't that what we do? It's data collection methods. Because some of them, some of them don't ask of your details, but some do. Right? So based on that, they'll be able to see the trend. Okay. The person, that's what they call big data and all these things that some people are making money out of it. So they'll be able to collect so much data on just one person. And they'll be able to know that, okay, this is the stage of the person's life. So you, you'll be there, then you get, uh, you get that maybe the company, I don't want to mention the company's name. Then they'll send you a voucher in the house that, oh, uh, we are doing discount on uh, baby nappies. Meanwhile, how do they know? Because they've been seeing the trend of your buying. And suddenly it's like you are buying toiletries. You are buying uh, parts. You are buying, they said, okay, maybe this is the stage. Let's send the person 20% discount so that the person will come and buy more. All these are done just because of money. But Jesus thought about this so many years ago. And Reverend started talking about it on Wednesday, but today we are going to continue. So today I want to talk about the Anakazo man. The Anakazo man or the Anakazo woman. If you are into, you know, some people say, why are you saying Anakazo man? So Anakazo person. <laughs> Mercy. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Luke chapter 14 from verse 16. Luke chapter 14 from verse 16. I pray that this word ministers to all of us and bless us and cause us to be renewed in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke chapter 14 from verse 16. Then, I want, can I get the New Living Translation? Jesus replied with the story. A man prepared a great feast and sent out many, many what? Oh, today I want to preach with you. Many what? Many invitations. Okay, verse 17. When the banquet was ready, he sent his servant to tell the guests, come, the banquet is ready. So what it means is that the, the invitations were sent initially. As to how the invitations were sent, we don't know. But the invitations were sent. and when the So it's like we're having the convention. Some people will get the invitation. And when the, the convention is getting closer, we, we, you know what, we do what we call follow-up to make sure that the people that we sent invitations are coming. So the man prepared a banquet, then sent invitation to many. Many. The word is many. He did not send invitation to two or three. He sent invitation to many. Many. And sometimes you ask yourself, ah, why is it that these, are, uh, these companies, me, even when I, 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 I'm on YouTube or whatever, and I, I watch five seconds into that, but I click skip. Why are they still advertising? Because it is in the abundance of it that productivity come out. I don't know if you get me. You have to do it more. You can't do, you know, some, you, if you do one and, and, and you don't get any results, it's 100% failure. Do you get it? But if you do 1,000 and you get 100, it's 10%. So the man sent many, many. He was not restricted by anything. The man sent many. Amen. And he told the servants to go. Verse 18. But they all began making excuses. Hey, you see, excuses is as old as Adam. Because the first person who started making excuses was Adam. When God came and asked him that, why did you do that? He said, it is the woman you gave me. So it's like, you know, so when you start to make excuses, don't be, because you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, you <laughs> excuse is part and parcel of our life. But as the, we go, you see, the man sent the invitation. Then he did a follow-up by sending servants to go and find out where, whether they are coming or not. Then the Bible said they began, they all began to making excuses. The excuses that were given here were three. But of course, if the man sent many invitations, the excuses being three means that it's like they've grouped them. You know, if you do, it's like you do research, you say, that, okay, all this is one. All this is one. All this is one. So it's like the excuses were grouped into three. So we will, we will look at the three excuses that people gave. One said, I have just bought a field and must inspect it. So excuse number one. He bought the field. He's already paid for it. Now he's going to inspect it. 
I don't know if that's how we do it. That makes it a typical excuse. You know, sometimes excuses, you know, if you even think through your excuse you are giving, you realize that the excuse, there is there's some hole somewhere. So he had bought, if you have paid for it, inspecting it is not going to change you being paid for it. But uh, unfortunately, the man said, I just bought a field and must inspect it. Please excuse me. Amen. So the first one is business excuse. Another said, I have just bought five pairs of oxen and I want to try them out. Please excuse me. So the second one too is work excuse. So I have just bought, f- you've bought them already. On Wednesday, everyone was telling us, if you go to the Mercedes-Benz showroom and you want to buy a Mercedes, do you buy it? Then you say that I'm going to try it whilst you've already paid. No. You test it, like it, love it, appreciate it, and probably get the comments of somebody you went with before you pay for it. Then you take it home. But this man bought the oxen, paid for it, then wanted to what? Try it, unfortunately. Verse 20. Another said, mm, this one, I love it. He said, I just got married, so I can't come. You know, this one is not like, oh, hey, I just got married. Like, we Sharon around. I saw Sharon. <laughs> Sharon just got married. He said, oh, I can't come. <laughs> I just got married, so I can't come. So it could have been that, oh, but if you've got married and there is a banquet, where else do you take your beloved wife or husband to? It's a banquet. Or it's not, it's not logical. Yeah. So this person said that, oh, excuse me. No, he said, I just can't come. Amen. <laughs> Verse 21. The servant returned and told his master that what they had said. His master was furious and said, go quickly into, oh, can you help me? Into the streets and alleys. The, the other versions with the highways and byways of the town and invite the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. After the servant had done this, he, the, he reported, there is still room for more. Hey, that means the man really had a very big auditorium. Because if you are going through links and you are saying that you are inviting the lame, the this, by the time you come back, you should have come back with a good 10,000. And still, the man said that there is, the man, people came and said there was room for more. So his master said, go out into the country. So the man that we are considering the Anakazo man is the master. He said, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges. So you see, he sent them into the town first. So like, let, let's use Lis. Initially, he sent them to Lis. So they went into Beeston, they went into city center, they went into Holbeck, they went into Arwoodley, Houghton, all, all those places. That's the first phase. Then the second phase, go out into the country lanes and behind the hedges. So now he's sending them into how the villages around Lees. <laughs> Can you mention some of the villages around Lees? Where that be? Yes. Ickley. Uh-huh. Is Ickley a village? Yes. And behind the hedges and urge anyone you find to come so that the house will be full. Verse 24. For none of those I first invited will get even the smallest taste of my banquet. Hallelujah. Amen. Danakazuman. Tell the person stand, sitting next to Danakazuman. Or the Anakazuman. If it's a woman, say Anakazuman. But if it's a man, Anakazuman. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey. All of us need to be very aggressive for the faith. Amen. What are some of the things that we can learn from the Anakazo man? The first thing that we can learn for the Anakazo man is that the Anakazo man prepares a banquet. The Anakazo man prepares. 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 He prepared a banquet or he prepared a great feast and sent out invitations. You know, Sometimes when you come to church and we say that, oh, this month is a month of evangelism or it's a month of anakazo, we are tempted to believe that it is supposed to just be in the confines of a particular month. That, oh, this is the old. Okay, so I'll try to be anakazo man or anakazo woman in the month of July. 
after which I go back to my former state. No. What it means is that it should become your nature. Amen. The Anakazo man prepared the feast. What are you preparing? You see, evangelism as physical as it looks is also a very, very spiritual exercise. Amen. Oh, amen. amen. You cannot just speak to anybody and expect them to follow you to wherever you want them to go. Or you cannot just speak to anyone and expect the person to follow you to church. Or better still, try and win the person over for Christ. It doesn't just happen. That's why in the book of Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus told the disciples, you've been with me for three and a half years, I know. But don't leave Jerusalem. Wait until the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you have what? Power. Do, do you get it? Before you zoom out. So what it means is that as a church, we cannot just afford to say that, oh, it's evangelism. You, go, you are empty and you, it will not work. So there should be that amount of preparation and that amount of preparation should be corporate and it should also be individual. You get it? So you should not, you cannot sell something you are not. Unfortunately, some of the advertisements that we have nowadays, the things they are selling, they know themselves it doesn't work. But they are still selling it to us. They will tell you that your teeth will be white forever. Eesh. They are lying. Or you haven't seen those uh, toothpaste advertisements. And they will always get people who don't even use their product to do the advertisement. They will say your skin will be like a baby. And they will get people who use even more difficult uh, whatever, cream or whatever you call it. Then they don't use that product. Too. They go and get celebrities who buy thousands or ten thousands of pounds or dollars of products and come and use them to sell five pounds products because they are brand ambassadors. And they are selling it to us. And you see that the person is drinking the alcohol. It's very bitter, but the person is smiling. <laughs> hey! And these are the things that people are, they've been selling to us all. But you, you are selling Jesus that you know that Jesus works. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to death except through me. And has Jesus worked in your life? Has he been working in your life? So that product, it sounds more than this toothpaste that they are lying to us. Yeah, recently, my wife brought some, he said, it's a teeth whitening something. I said, you will see if it works. She did it, uh, oh. <laughs> hey, mercy. Hallelujah. <laughs> so the Anakazo man prepares. <laughs> prepares. You, so that's why, as much as possible, you must get yourself involved in spiritual things. Amen. You know, sometimes our understanding of spiritual things is sometimes blurred by some of the things we see around. So, like maybe because maybe. Maybe you, you see fetish things and you know that that's, no, no, that's not spirituality. True spirituality is when the Holy Spirit takes dominance over your life. The Bible makes us understand that the spirit and the flesh are always in contention. You get it? The Bible says that if anyone comes to Christ, that person is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, the person has become new. So true spirituality is when the things you used to do, you don't what? You don't do them anymore. And the things that you were supposed to do that you are not doing, now you do them. What were some of the things that you are supposed to do that you are not doing? The things that you are supposed to do like prayer. Prayer. Now, some of us, we've leased the prayer to some men of God somewhere. It's like you leased the prayer. Oh, man of God, pray for me. I'll be, I'll be giving you tight every month. Please. I'm not saying that a man of God should not pray for you. It's also, it, has, it also has its place. But that personal relationship, have you, ah, you can't have a relationship with somebody being a betweener. It doesn't work that way. There should be a place that you yourself, you begin to have a personal relationship with God. Then you can also hear things for yourself. Amen. So the Anakazo person is a person who prepares himself. Prepares himself. Know the scripture for him or herself. Amen. I think in the book of First chapter 3, it says that get, be ready to answer anybody who asks you the reason for your faith. Some of us, if you ask, why are you a Christian? What will be your answer? 
You are going around sharing flies. What is your reason? Why are you in church? So that a casual person prepared. You know, so you will not, you, as you are going out trying to speak to people about Christ, it's, it should be something that you have. Peter told the man at the gate of Beautiful, he said, I don't have anything, but what I have, I give you. Such as I have. Such as I have. Such as I have. So what do you have? Or all you have is the flyer. <laughs> Hallelujah. So such as I have. Such as I have. All of us should have something. All of us should have a relationship with God. All of us should have a close set. Unfortunately, sometimes we try. You know, it's like you hear the message, you are pricked, then suddenly you start. It's like you start the momentum. You do three days, four days. But you see, anything that you see a strong sense of resistance tell you that that thing is very potent. And that thing is very powerful. One of the things that heaven, the heavens and the, and the demons fight with all their might is for somebody to be in prayer. Hey, it's not easy to pray. And it's not about title. Everybody finds, I don't know about anybody here. It's not easy to, you know, sometimes you set the alarm for yourself. The alarm rings. You put the phone somewhere, you just switch the alarm off and you just continue to sleep. Yes. But from today, you know, you call yourself the Anakazo person, the Anakazo man. The Anakazo man is a man of prayer. You see, Jesus was an Anakazo man. Who, and the Bible said that in the book of Mark, I think chapter 5, he said, a little while before day, Jesus will separate himself and go and pray. Peter and Cole, they were not Anakazo because they were, they were behind Jesus. Jesus was protecting them. But when Jesus left them, he said, hey, we also, so in the book of Acts chapter, he said, we will give ourselves to what? To prayer and the word. Because there should be a foundation for the thing to work. Amen. Yeah, so you see, the Anakazo is not just about, hey, hey, hey. no, 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 no. That has its place. But it should, there, there should be a grounding. A grounding. Grounding. Amen. Yes. Prepare yourself. Prepare yourself. Know the scripture for yourself. Know the scripture for yourself. Pray for yourself. Pray for yourself. You know, last week I was talking about the Nicodemus way. You go to God. You know, it's not everything that should be. For some of us, the only times of prayer, which is also good anyway, the only times of prayer for us is Sunday morning. If you come to church early, that's a close. If you come to church early, that's the time we pray. Or Wednesday, teaching service, if you come to church early. Or once in a while, we join the afternoon prayer, lunchtime, or the commanding your morning. We join every now and then. Aside those slots, you don't have a time you meet your Savior. You don't. You don't. But I want to encourage all of us today that make sure that this thing is personal to you. There's a place for this corporate thing that we do, but there's also a place for personal relationship. You know, you see, if I am fired in my room coming, you are fired in your own coming. This church becomes like, it, it, it's like everybody's bringing that stick of fire. Then it lights up. But if somebody's coming with a fire, and somebody's also coming with iced, uh, what do you call it? Keeps. The fire. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. The second, the second uh, characteristic of the Anakazo man is that the Anakazo man is an invites people. Invites people. The, the Anakazo person is a person that invites. The Bible said, and he invited many. Many, 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 many. Some of us, the whole year, how many people have you spoken to about Christ? Pastor, don't you know that me, I have my own issues that I'm dealing with. I have to finish with my life issues when I have a very comfortable life. Then I can say that in truly God is good. Hey. So I saying that God has not shown you any mercy. God has not favored you. Invites many. And he sent out many, many. And you see, I also want all of us as believers to also use the same channels that I talked about. Hey, please, can you lower two slides? 
Amen. Then a casual man invites many. And you can invite many through many channels. All of us, Reverend has been telling us, you have the invitables, the bringables, and the what? And the what? The getables. See, you have to, you have to be known for something. You have to be known for something. When I, when I mention some people's name right now, when I say uh, David Beckham, what comes to mind? Huh? Michael Jordan. <laughs> Boris Johnson. <laughs> Hallelujah. So when I mention Sally, what is Sally made known for? When I mention your name, apart from the work you do and the family person that you are, what are you known for? What are you known for? You should be, you should, you, you see, at least stand for one thing in your life. And I will recommend that you stand for God. You stand for God. Amen. And you see, it is something that this kind of fire is not something that is age bound. Say, oh, this guy is, you know, young people and their exuberance and their. No. You can keep that fire. When Paul wrote the letter to Timothy, he said, I've been through a lot, but one of the things that I've kept is what? The faith. He said, I've kept the faith. I've kept the faith. So you can also keep that passion. Passion. By inviting. You know, it should not be, you know, unfortunately, some of us need to be invited. When we are supposed to invite, we are being invited. And you see, when you read Reverend's book, the, uh, the Contiguous Church, when he talks about the characteristics of the Contiguous Church, he talked about the majority, the principle of majority participation. And we, all, we are all used to this 80-20 rule where 20% of the people do 80% of the work. Or 20% of the people own 80% of the resources. And 80% of the people own 20% or something like that. The Pareto principle. But he was encouraging us that as much as possible, the 80% of the people should do the work. So like all of us here, 80% or even more, do the work. Going out, reaching out to people, it's not about the job of the pastor. You know, you don't want to do your job, that's why you've called us here Sunday morning, instead of you praying over us and declaring prophetic gifts, and you are saying that we should go out to do the work. He says that command that he gave, he gave it to all of us. Say, go out unto the nations. He did not say pastors or apostles. He said all of us. Amen. So the Anakazo man advice. And this one is what I really want to dwell on. The Anakazo man is very zealous. The Anakazo man is zealous. It's passionate. It's passionate. I, and I know that all of us are passionate about a lot of things. But one of the places that it seems our passion is not really there is when it comes to the things of God. Suddenly we become cool. Yesterday when we were in the city, I saw this man. I think he should be around his 50s or 60s or something. And he was singing the song. The song that he was singing, realized that I, I, I was encouraged. I, my voice was better, but he still was using that same voice to sing. He, doesn't, he was not even caring about whatever anybody was doing. Very zealous. But there is a place for that zeal. Amen. I want to read some few scriptures. In Psalm 69, verse 9, John 2, verse 7, it, is all, it all talks about virtually the same thing. Jesus quoted it in John chapter 2, verse 17, but if you let's read the Psalm 69, verse 9 first. No, give me the New King James. Because for your because zeal for your house has what? Oh, has what? I cannot hear you. And the reproaches of those who reproach you have fallen on me. So that was what happened when Jesus in John chapter 2, and he said, Wow, the zeal of the Lord has consumed him. You see. Sometimes certain things eat us up. Some of, unfortunately, some of us are eaten up by anger. Yeah, you know, when somebody becomes so angry, it's like, 
if I don't do this to that person, or better still, if I don't release this anger, say my mind or tell the person off or insult the person, I will not be free. Sometimes the person will do that and after he's like, I'm free now. After insulting somebody, you're free. <laughs> His disciples remembered that it was written, zeal for your house has eaten me up. Zeal for God's house. You see, all the excuse that you keep giving, is a, it, it just shows that the zeal, your zeal battery is almost like 5%. Plus or minus. But if your zeal battery is more, if there's zeal, you will do more. You will do more. And you know something? It's not about what you even do for people to see. No. But it's about the conviction, the conviction that you have to push the kingdom of God in any way that you can. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 4 verse 18. Paul told the church, he said, it is, it is good to be zealously affected always. Galatians chapter 4 verse 18. It, but it is good to be zealous in a good thing always and not only when I'm present with you. So the zeal should not be seen when people are around. Hey, this person is zealous. So. No, no, no. That zeal should permeate every angle of your life. You see, the politicians, when they want your vote, they can tell you all the lies in the world. And unfortunately, we keep buying it every four years, every four years, every five. We keep buying the same lies. And they keep telling us because they know that we will accept it. <laughs> but it is good to be zealous in a good thing. How many of us believe that evangelism is a good thing to be zealous in? Yeah. It is good to be zealous. The man was not ready to accept any, anything that the people, even though he sent invitation, he sent servants. And no, the man was zealous. So that at one point, something will work. Amen. In the book of 2 Kings chapter 19 verse 3, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 3, the New King James. 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 3. And they said to him, that says Hezekiah, this day is a day of trouble and rebuke and blasphemy. For the children have come to bed, but there is a strength. Verse 31, I think 31. Yes, for out of Jerusalem shall go out a remnant. Those who escape from the Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. There is something that only zeal can do. There's, eh, there's, you see, haven't you tried to, uh, okay, let me use the guys. You know, sometimes, eh, it's zeal that can sometimes win over certain ladies that you want. Or, Hello? Oh, are there not men in the house? Or I should, I should, I should use it on the ladies. Eh? <laughs> if, you see, if you, have you, haven't you been to a wedding and they ask the man, how did you, how, how did they, uh, haven't you seen, I can tell you, nine out of ten, there is a zeal factor in it. Even the ladies want to see that you truly love them with zeal. Otherwise, they are not. Because you should be worried. If the guy is not, it's like the guy is, you know, no. I will not encourage any ladies to go for such a guy. If the person is not, the zeal for you has not eaten the person up, please. Let the zeal for you. Uh, <laughs> I'm preaching. <laughs> Hallelujah. Please, I'm not saying stretch the person. I'm saying let the zeal. Let the person show the zeal. Amen. <laughs> Unfortunately, there are some of the ladies nowadays that, oh, as you open your mouth, oh, don't worry, I understand. <laughs> Amen. The zeal of the Lord's house. You see, when there is a zeal, you overcome every excuse. You work around it. You work around it. We work around it. You work around it. Zealous people are full of help. You see, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't shut them up. Because, you know, the servants told that by coming to tell him that these people gave excuse, he said that I'll close, there will be no service. There will be no party. No, 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 no. You know, zealous people have a series of uh, backup for, for all the things you are bringing. He has backup, open backup. And I think I, we need a guy to exhibit that. 
See, like the lady will say this, then the guy will change the conversation to that side. You change it to that. You say this, then you change it. The lost person on the move. Amen. I pray that the many will be zealous. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hmm. Because of the zeal, he was not ready to have an empty room. No, 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 no. And I think that zeal should also make all of us worried. Some people are laughing still with it. Please, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and all of us should be worried when we come around and they sit next to you, no one is sitting on it. You should be worried. Because this message you are hearing, if that person also hears it, it will bless that person. And you see, this world is ruled by zeal. Every, everywhere. The gangs win by zeal. Oh, you don't know? When I was in school, I had a friend. When I, we were doing, like when students come in, you know, we are trying to invite students, try to let them know that, oh, we do this, come and join us, you'll be black, blah. He was also uh, one of the guys, I, I think they were like four that had set up a nightclub. And they also do, what do you call it? He used the word evangelism. Because he told me that evangelism is an English word. It's not a Christian word. Or it's not an English word. Yeah. Evangelism means to, to reach out. So evangelism basically means to advertise. Basically, that's what it is. You just advertise what you think is good to somebody else. And he was teaching me some of the things that he looked at my flyer and he was telling me some of the things that should be on the flyer. And it was true. So this flyer is not nice. Not this one anyway. The one that we were using there. <laughs> Is that this fly? Me, if I see it, I will not come. It's not catchy. You should use catchy words. You should use this. You should. He was teaching me all that, and it's true. It's you. You see, you go. You call the person five minutes and the person. Hello, how are you doing? I'm fine. How's your week been? All right. You see, a zealous person will not bite all this cold reaction. If you give me one, I will. St- you will still talk, whether you like it or not. Some people is uh, okay. Okay, what do you want? I just wanted to check up on you. Okay. Will you be able to come to church? So you called me because of church. I'm sorry. (laughs) Bye-bye. You've given up. (laughs) Hallelujah. You see, the zeal, you see, the zeal eats you up. And it's not just... It, it, it's you, so you see, like, the person you are targeting, you are not just targeting by call alone. Or you are not just targeting by text message alone. But it's a thought, so you are praying for the person. You are checking up on it. You see, and it's, you know, zeal is not also superficial, it's genuine. Anybody that you are working on that, that would know that it, 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 it's, a, it, it's a genuine kind of desire and zeal towards that person. It, it, it will be fake. But you, see, you, sh- you must have the zeal. You must have the zeal. Hallelujah. This network marketing that people are doing, if you don't have zeal, you cannot be a network marketer. Because, that's the word. <laughs> because, you see, all of us here, by the grace of God, are repeatable men and women. Workplace, wherever you find ourselves, we are doing well. You being zealous, for the things of God does not take away that reputation away from you. It actually rather enhances. So I want to encourage all of us. Yes, you yourself, you benefit, but it, it, it's now the time for you to become unashamedly zealous. I know some of us are very gentle people, very calm, laid back. You know, me, if there's anybody in this world that is laid back, I'm one of them. Very laid back. You don't know where. <laughs> but I'm trying my best. <laughs> I'm, I'm just trying. I'm just trying. And one of the things that really fight our zealousness is our own. At, uh, our, sometimes you know the voices you hear in your mind. Are you sure you want to send this test? Then you put the phone down. Please. No, sometimes me, when I hear the voice, I will shut the voice down. I will shout. Keep quiet and let me do my work. <laughs> like I send the text message. <laughs> yeah. Don't allow anybody to intimidate you. Hallelujah. How many of us are going to be zealous? Hey, two people. <laughs> Mercy. 
Hallelujah. Yes. And the next day, an occasional man overcomes excuses. That's what he's talking about. He overcomes excuses. And he makes a way where there's no way. You see, the people that came, the first layer of the people that said, oh, because I'm married, because I bought an oxen, because I bought a land. He just pushed it aside. And you see, the Anakazo man was furious, not with the people that gave the excuse, but with the servants. Why? Because the servants knows what went into the preparation for the party. After all this, you want us to go at a loss. We've bought fowl, we've bought chicken, we've bought, uh, we've bought everything. Millions of dollars to prepare this party. And you are saying that they said uh, they have given three excuses. So the three excuses should cause us to close down the party. No. Go out and get other people and stop this. So the Anakazu man was not ready for any excuse. You see, what I want to encourage all of us to be that first and foremost, you yourself should not be an excuse person. You should be an Anakazu person, not an excuse person. Because excuse is our natural inclination. Oh, you, you just sit, you easily get an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> Hallelujah. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. I pray that God will lay that spirit upon each and every one of us. Luke chapter 11 from verse 5 to 10. And he said to them, Which of you shall be have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me on his journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And he will answer from within and say, Do not trouble me. The door is now shut, and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise and give it to you. I said to you, Though he will not rise and give to him because he is a friend, yet because of his persistence, other versions will say because of his, his own opportunity, he will rise and give him as many as he needs. You see, sometimes the reason why people give him is not because they are associated with you. They give him because you are harassing their life. You know, nowadays, because of the rights that we have nowadays, rights to this, right? unfortunately, it's because of the same rights that these advertising companies are also harassed. I, you know, I don't go on YouTube and every two minutes there's an advert because you don't want to pay. <laughs> but still, we go there. So the Bible makes us understand that this man went and said that I need your help. My friend has come. I need something for him. He said, I'm lying down with my children. I cannot get up. I cannot. And the man kept knocking, kept knocking, kept knocking, kept knocking, kept knocking. He just got up. He said, you know what? If I don't get up from here, this guy is not going to let me sleep. Luke chapter 18, verse 1. Can I have the New Living Translation? The same story, but different actor. One day, Jesus told his disciples a story of, to show that they should always pray and never give up. There was a judge in a certain city, he said, who neither feared God nor cared about people. So you see, the kind of people that we have around in our world, in our cities, and within the circumference of our friends, this is the characteristics. They don't fear God or care about people. Oh, I am agnostic. I am uh, atheist. I am. There's, now there's a lot of terms. But to, to sum it up, it's in this category. They neither fear God nor care about God's people. Verse 3. A widow of that city came to him repeatedly, saying, Give me justice in this dispute with my enemy. Verse 4. The judge ignored her for a while, but finally he said to himself, I don't fear God or care about people. But this woman is driving me crazy. (laughs) 
I'm going to see that she gets justice because she is wearing me out with her constant requests. Verse 6. Then the Lord said, learn a lesson from this unjust judge. But I want us to learn a lesson from the, the widow. He said, the woman is driving me crazy. The woman is a widow. So that means the woman is sort of vulnerable. A judge, oh. And the woman was pestering the judge's life. The, the woman is driving me crazy. Hallelujah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, some people have been driven crazy for certain things. There's a song on driving me crazy. Or oh, there's no song like that. <laughs> Hallelujah. The Anakazo man goes out of his normal circle of life. The Anakazo man goes out of his or, or her normal circle of life. What do I mean? The original people that the man wanted to invite were the bourgeoisies. When I say the bourgeoisies, the, the well-to-do, the elite in the society, the cream de la cream of the society. Those were the people that he in, in initially wanted to invite for the banquet. But when those people disappointed, he said, let's go for the poor, let's go for the lame, let's go for this, let's go. You know, some of us have created a niche for ourselves that me, I will pray to these certain circles. You know something, when you go to the city center or try to, some people think that you don't have anything to do. Or, it's like, that's why you are just going about, no. But we are coming out of certain circles. Some of us, the certain circle, the circle that we find ourselves is the circle, that circle of in, being introvert. Oh, being sort of a phlegmatic. It's like, I, I don't push much. But because of this faith, because I want to tell somebody about the good news, I'll go out of my circle and be able to speak to somebody. Somebody say, oh, me, I, me, I, don't, I, don't, I, I only deal with young people because I'm a teenager. But it will be so nice to see a teenager catching a 40-year-old man in front of and tell him that Jesus loves you. Out of a circle. Out of a circle. In Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. A very, very famous scripture. Matthew chapter 11, verse 12. He said, and from the time John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it. By what? By what? By what? Oh, there's no force in what you are saying. By what? This is, is, you know, the words of Jesus are eternal. And Jesus is the one that's saying that from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violence and the violent take it by force. And the world has learned this also that from that time until now, there is nothing that can be achieved with, oh, cool, calm, and talk to people nicely. I'm not saying don't talk to people, but nothing will be achieved with that kind of attitude. Yeah. Yesterday night, I took my phone. I said, I will send some people messages. When I checked the time, it was around 8. I said, no, they are asleep. But still, some of them will, will see it. This morning, I asked some of them, did you see my message? Said, oh, I saw a hand waving at me. He said, hey, out of all the words I wrote, only a hand waving at me that you saw. But the person is in church. <laughs> Amen. Yes, I want all of us to become very, very, very wild for the things of God. Yeah. You know, some of us are very wild with our career ambition. So it's not easy. Very wild. We've gone to school and at the workplace. We are we are everywhere. We let people want people to know so that we can climb the career ladder. But in the house of God to be wild. Be wild. Be wild. You know what I'm trying to do is that basically recruit all of us. Yesterday I was talking to someone say, hey, you are trying to recruit me. I said, Oh, I'm not a recruitment agency. I'm just telling you about Jesus. <laughs> I never even thought of that word when the person said you are trying to recruit me. Say, hey. I, I, suddenly I was taken aback. Say, hey, recruit you is a strong word for me. <laughs> I'm not recruiting you. I'm just trying to. You get it. And you see, all of us, we should get to the place where none of us becomes like the person that we have to work on. It's very unfortunate. Because that attention that will be spent on you can be spent on somebody else and bring the person into the fold. 
because there's a blessing in the house of the Lord. There's a peace in the house of the Lord. I tell you, let's not be deceived by what we see, that kind of joy that people want us to see. Especially now again, you go on Instagram and all those places. You see people fashion, smiling. Oh, please, don't be joke. Don't be deceived. People are in their rooms crying. But when they come on the social media or whatever, they smile, put on makeup, layers of makeup, coming to make us. Sm- no, 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 no. The true joy that people can have is from Jesus. And we are the ones, we are the ones that carry this kind of message. So let's 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 let people know. Unashamedly. Yes, I know you have your your titles and everything, but please open your mouth and tell somebody that Jesus loves you. It, this thing is not a keko. It's not it's not, it's not it's not something that has passed though. Or it's not something that is like it's it's left for some few people to do. All of us, as far as we are Christians, we are mandated to do that. Amen. Yes. I want to talk about the last one. And the last one is that Dana Kazuma is not satisfied as long as there is still room. 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 How many of us believe that there is still room for people? There is a hymn that says that there is, there is room at the cross for you. Though millions have come in, but there is still one more. Who knows how to sing that song? Sasha, do you know how to sing that song? Yeah. Please, can you get the lyrics on there? There is room at the cross for, for you. Yeah. There is room for each and every one of us. It's not full. There's room at the cross for each and every one. And so far as there is still room, you want to be the agent or the recruiter that goes around bringing people into the room. Amen. Amen.